All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 364. Jason Lingren is with me and Dr. Graves is back. Um, I should have looked it up. Maybe while we're talking, I will look it up. You can use the search function if you mouse over the top navigation buttons. When you get to the search page on the left, you can put in numbers and words. On the right side, you can put in Graves or Dr. And you will get a return so you can see the past episodes. Anyhow, we are once again going to jump into law. Um, as Dr. Graves was just saying offline, the need is growing and growing. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a very pleasant, cool Louisiana morning. Yeah, winter is here for us. All right. Welcome, Dr. Graves. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. We're in Michigan. It's more cool here. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you're in Michigan. Uh, my yeah. mom's whole side of the family comes from the Royal Oak area. Okay. Now we're up here where the thumb meets the mitten. Ah, well, I we, we also actually have a place up in the Upper Peninsula in the middle of nowhere. Actually, it's not a place. <laughs> it's, a, it's a piece of land. <laughs> but it's uh, they, they call that God's country up there, and they're not kidding. It is wild. But anyhow, let's jump in here. So I heard you guys talking um, about, well, let, let's jump in here. We did the last episode. The response was quite a bit. A lot of people uh, reached out to contact with you. So let's start there. Do you feel like people are cluing in? Well, I think some people are. And I think that's what we need to hopefully talk about today and, and raise people's, not only raise their consciousness, but raise their enthusiasm for getting involved and using the proper tools to achieve the goals that they have. Uh, because, of course, if they don't use the proper tools, then they're not going to get what they want. But I've been uh, following Alphonse more and more. You know, we met on the uh, 28th, I guess it was, of last month over in Pennsylvania and spent two and a half hours having a wonderful breakfast and talking about what he's doing. And the, the people that are, that are clamoring for more information, uh, some of them are getting it. And then some of them are coming to him and coming to me and coming to you and here and there with all kinds of, of ideas that simply don't work. And of course, if we're not going to get to the destination that we seek, then why begin either don't begin the journey or be prepared and uh, have a plan and work the plan. And there's too many people out there who need to, uh, to do what they want to do, but they don't know how to do it yet. And they're thinking that they can do this and do that. And that's going to make everybody just sit up and pay attention. But until they start filing papers that require responses, pleadings and motions, uh, then they're just dead in the water. So we're, we're trying to get people to understand that, that there is a critical need and we can wait for the people in high powered places to change their mind about how things should be done or we, the people, can actually do what we, the people, were intended from the very beginning to do, and that was to control our government. You know, an e pluribus, e pluribus unum, out of many, one, but also out of one, individuals can make a difference, but you can't do it if you come in there and say, well, my name's in all capital letters and these things that don't work. The people that are going to have to respond to your desires, uh, they have rules that they abuse, rules that they don't follow. So once the people begin to understand the rules are easy to learn 
And knowing the rules and knowing how to use the rules, now we can cause these people that are now abusing the rules to sit up and pay attention and follow the rules. And once we begin to get these people in high places, start following the rules, because we, the people, are learning the rules and using the rules, then we're going to begin to see some changes. So as we queue up for where we're going to jump in here, I would point out to folks, um, we've had many guests on recently that have talked about people going into a hospital, looking at the officials there in the eye and saying, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. And every single thing was ignored as soon as affidavits were submitted and other things that are in the legal vein, care plans, there was a complete change of tune, but I think part of what Dr. Graves is pointing out here is you might have to go the distance if people refuse to mellow out and get off your back. Um, And that's why we've had guests on talking about what a lawsuit looks like. And that's why we have Dr. Graves back again. And as you will notice, so many of the legal guests are congregating together, talking amongst each other. There is a commonality that we are beginning to see. The system is workable if you know how to use the system. And what Dr. Graves just mentioned is so many of us have forgotten any idea of standing up like an adult and using the system for an outcome. Anyhow, Jason, anything you want to get in before we jump into this document? Yeah, let's have the obligatory mention on Patriot Mythology because Dr. Graves touched on it. And uh, this might be people's first time hearing Dr. Graves anyway. They might not have heard the first episode. And even if you have heard some of this before, let's make it very clear. Don't do stupid crap going into court. What we're talking about here, it's the actual procedures on how to do things in court and how to hold the people that you have to deal with in court accountable. And that is all we're doing here. There's not anything silly. This is all the stuff of how things actually work. And that is what you will be learning from Dr. Graves. Critical point. Now, Jason and I started this law journey that we went on by proving that things from the Patriot mythology are true. What do capital letters mean? All these things that get latched onto, but that ain't getting you nowhere if you've got to take action. And that's what this is about. If you have to take action, there is a way things are done. There is a system in place that can still be utilized. Um, How many people have followed Alphonse? What do you think is going on there? So, Dr. Graves, let's jump in where you think we need to jump in. I'm looking at the documents you submitted to us, and let's cover how this is done and things that people need to know. Good. Okay. Well, you know, I've I've had a lot of people, not a lot of people, but several people over my 35 years of of doing this for a living uh, come to me, and they had a problem. And, And I said, well, here. Why don't you just file, excuse me, take take that word back. Why don't you prepare a complaint, a simple complaint, alleging what the issue is that you're having a problem with, alleging what the law is, uh, verifying your complaint with an affidavit saying, I, you know, I, under penalties of perjury, these are the facts. And this is, this is the lawsuit. I hear this now that I will file if you don't do what I want you to do. I will go to court and here's the lawsuit that I will be filing. Now they don't have to file it. I've told them don't, don't file it. Just send it certified or hand deliver it and with a cover letter and tell them, look, you've got 10 days uh, or three days or, or two hours, whatever it is you want and tell them this is what's going to happen. And with that lawsuit, you can serve them with interrogatories where they have to answer questions under oath. If, if it goes to court, 
uh, request for production of documents and things that they have to produce if it goes to court, and requests for admissions, things they're going to have to admit if it goes to court. And when they see all that, uh, these people that have come to me that I've recommended this, they've had successes without even having to file a lawsuit, just by preparing a lawsuit, knowing what the elements are of a lawsuit and how to use some of these discovery things. And when these people begin to see this, you know, one of the probably the worst nightmare that a hospital official has is the idea of being sued. I mean, they're thinking about that all the time. They don't want to be sued. So one of these things that, that becomes an answer to this critical need is for people to simply understand how to put together a lawsuit. An eighth grader can learn how to do this in a weekend. I, I will hold to that forever. I really believe an eighth grader, eighth grader can learn how to do this in a weekend. So they can prepare this, show it to these people and say, this is what's going to happen if I don't get my way. Very effective. But the people need power. We, we all agree about that. Everybody hearing my voice, your voices, uh, they know that, that they feel powerless. Uh, they feel abused. Um, they're scrambling and, and scratching here and there and hoping for someone will come along with a silver bullet solution. Well, here's a silver bullet solution. Maybe it's not a silver bullet. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a cannon. Maybe it's an atomic bomb that you can drop on people that actually makes them sit up and pay attention. You can't get politicians to do what's right unless you can raise a majority that will vote for change. Uh, most people aren't going to be able to raise a majority or go out and get a petition with 100,000 names on it to get the world to change, but you can go to law, you can go to court, get a judge to enter an order making the world better. 250 million Americans, 250 million Americans can't afford a lawyer. And that's according to the American Bar Association. But they have power. They don't even know they have this power power to affect real changes in their life and in the lives of their friends and neighbors. But to do that, one has to learn the rules, which are easy to learn. An eighth grader can learn it in a weekend and then use the rules tactically to cause people to do things that you want them to do. Uh, the problem, I think, is that we have too much misinformation out there on the internet. People that claim to be legal gurus who don't know mud from sand. Forgive me if, if I've offended somebody who thinks he's a legal guru. Well, if, if somebody thinks he's a legal guru and he understands what a pleading is and what the elements are of a pleading and how to file a motion, well, maybe he is a legal guru. But there are also people out there holding themselves out as legal gurus who are misleading good people who otherwise could be getting good results, but because of this misleading alleged legal guru, self-styled legal guru, they're following the guru and then finding out when it's too late that, oh, that doesn't work. Surprise, surprise. And so the problem is both within the so-called community, if you will, but it's also within the legal community. So on the one hand, you have lawyers twisting the rules as much as they possibly can and, on, and, and judges allowing it. And then on the other side, we have far too many people in the public who want to be heroes. They, they have huge egos. They have a following. 
and they're leading people to do things that don't work. But we know that pleadings work. We know that when you file a complaint and the person is served with a complaint and summons, they have to do something. It's not about waiting for them to respond to whatever. It's that the summons itself says you have, in most states, 20 days to respond to this complaint. Uh, and if you don't, there'll be a default. Things happen. And if an eighth grader can learn this in a weekend, then why shouldn't everybody in this country know how to do this? And of course, my goal someday is get this into the public schools. But in the meantime, we have to deal with what we have. The, the, uh, the problem can be solved, but it isn't going to be solved by just hoping or as Alphonse says, you know, throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what's going to stick. All right. This is a good place for me to jump in. I'm going to make a point here. I get enough emails that I have a pretty good sense of what has worked, what has not worked. And one overriding sense that I get from being the hub for so much communication is people are afraid because they don't know what to do. One of the reasons we have Dr. Graves here is because he offers a course online. And this is about getting valid information out. Jason and Rose and I did this last time, sponsored a link from basically the show that Dr. Graves is on over to his place. There are all these things you can be taught. You've heard the language he just used. An eighth grader can learn it. But on the tail of what we did last time, I don't know about you, Jason, I have what I would call oodles of emails of people who were impressed with what they learned there. On top of that, if you opt to go that way, where you're actually paying some money to learn some stuff and have access to things that work. On the other side of that, there are hubs now. Alphonse seems to be the center of many of these hubs. And there's a growing community of people that are learning and helping each other. So at the top comment, when this episode 363 goes out, I'm going to again link to the services that Dr. Graves provided. Or provides. Jason, did I drop anything out of there? I didn't get all the way through the email that Rose sent me this morning. Well, let's just back that up with this. So you have a situation and you want to get some sort of immediate help. Declaring yourself the grand poobah of the post office or some other silly <laughs> nonsense is not the solution. So you hear these shows that we're doing and you want remedy. So even if you go to the Telegram group, most of the time, especially if you talk to Alphonse himself, they're going to say, you need to do this course because what this is, is first of all, it's cheaper than getting an attorney. Let's just start with that. Cheaper than an hour of an attorney. Right, exactly. If you go to get an attorney, go check out their hourly rates. There's a good chance that what you pay for this course might actually be less than a single hour than sitting and talking with that attorney on a Zoom call, which is probably what you'd end up doing. So you're not going to get very far with that anyway. So what you can do is you can... Get help in the Alphonse Telegram group, which is just called Alphonse Fagiolo on Telegram. But he's almost certainly going to tell you this is about you taking control of your own situation. They will help you, but you still have to do it. And this arms you with the information you need to do that. And then if you still have questions on top of that or guidance that you need, the Telegram group is there. And if I remember correctly, there's over 10,000 people in there now. Let me just put this last idea out there. If you're still at the point where you're following people who claim they took over the United States post office, you may not be ready to stand up for yourself. And I'll ask a simple damn question because I get so sick 
of all the emails um, saying, can you tell me if this is true? If you can't recognize what is true, you need to start educating yourself. A man supposedly took over the post office. What has changed in our world? There's where the rubber meets the road. Is your life better? Did all these problems that we're facing go away? No, they didn't. And what this is coming back to is an adult human being stands up for what is correct and then backs it up. I can't imagine that we've gone a year and a half or whatever it is with so many parents allowing their children to be muzzled that these simple methods that Dr. Graves is pointing out weren't instantly submitted to every school district. And yet here we are. But I also sense that the tide is changing and people have had it up to their eyeballs. Anyhow, Dr. Graves, you don't need to identify where they need to go. We'll have the sponsored link at the top of comments and people can get there. Okay, that's fine. I just want people to know that this is something that can be done no matter no matter where you go to learn how to do it, but it has to be done a certain way. Uh, you know, I tell people, I don't put water in my crankcase of, of my engine. Uh, where the oil goes, I don't put water in there. Water's cheaper than the oil. My gosh, the oil's pretty expensive. I could put water in there. That would fill it right up. And then the engine would die because certain things have to be done a certain way. You know, I get, I get so angry. Forgive me, but I, I do as part of the motive that I have. And, and uh, I'm sorry that, you know, that people, people might wonder, well, why don't you just give this away? Because this is what I do now. This, this is all I do. I, don't have, I have no other job. This is what I do. But when you when you see the ads on television, and and you know I'll be right there, you know and don't you won't pay anything in, unless I win all that stuff. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, if you have, you know, one of the one percent or or half of one percent of the cases out there that are likely to give that lawyer, you know, hundred thousand dollars for making a few phone calls, then maybe you can get that lawyer to work for you. But but the people that we're talking about right now. Today, the, the 250 million, the four out of five, according to the American Bar Association, that admits this, over four out of five people can't afford a lawyer. And you can't, you can't get one of those contingency fee lawyers on TV. They, they're not going to take your case if you're worried about whatever, whether it's a face mask or the, the vaccination or your neighbor's tree fell on your house or, or somebody ran over your dog, whatever it is. They don't care. You have to do it yourself. So what motivated me was the idea, well, if I can teach this to people and, and an average eighth grader can, can learn it in a weekend, then why, should, why shouldn't we try to reach as many people as possible? Uh, other lawyers want to be paid by the hour. And, you know, typically it's probably not less than $300 an hour. I don't know what I mean, some lawyers charge $500 an hour. I can't imagine that. When I worked on the fishing boat, I think I'm probably made lucky to make $5 an hour running the fishing boat. But uh, if you can't afford to pay them, and you're one of those four out of five people, those one of those 250 million people, then you don't have any remedy unless you learn how to do it yourself. Uh, when the case is over, the lawyers go home. They, they're unaffected by the outcome. They've they may, they got your money. Uh, they may have a swimming pool, but your case is history. And then you've got family lawyers who actually in, try to keep cases going as long as possible, make as much money as possible off these poor people that that couldn't couldn't work out their differences. And 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 so you look at the legal profession and you say, well, where are they? 
why aren't they there to help me? And I like to think there in about three minutes, I've told you why they aren't there to help because they want money, just like everybody else. We all have to have money to buy groceries. But the ones that are on TV, not going to take your case. And unless, you know, you a drunken bus driver ran over your children and the superintendent knew the bus driver was a drunk. I'll take that case. But other cases they're not going to take. So the people are left without a remedy. And the whole concept, I think, of, of this nation that we have, this, this concept of a democratic republic, was that the people would have a remedy. They would have a place to go for a redress of their grievances. <laughs> However, other members of my profession have put mystically put out this miasma of, of mystery, uh, causing the American public to think, oh, that's too complicated. Oh, I could never learn how to do that. Uh, and yet, by the grace of God, I think we've proven that an eighth grader can learn how to do this in a weekend. So that's pretty much at least, you know, 90% of the people that are listening, uh, maybe all of the people that are listening, we'd like to think, uh, can actually learn how to do this. Uh, people, that, people say, well, he went to law school. He must be really smart. I went to law school. I don't consider myself being really smart. I think I have a certain kind of common sense. I know that if I want to catch fish, normally it's handy to put bait on the hook. And that kind of thinking, you know, my gosh, got to put bait on the hook. That's, that's what I bring to practicing in the court and knowing how to file papers and having a little bit of an understanding of human nature and understanding that people are going to respond to things when it looks like it's going to cost them money. Let's point out a thing. I can't tell you how many times someone was faced with the mask or the inoculation from their job, and they simply did a statement of fact, an affidavit, and that one thing, and that's not even going the distance, that's not going any further than what I just said, it changed the way these entities were working. Oh, we're going to discontinue testing until further notice, we're backing off all these things we were mowing everybody over with. When you start to think about what Dr. Graves is offering here, You've got to realize it's exactly that. It's no different than science. Law has become a bit of a priesthood, and they've convinced everyone, if you're not a lawyer, you can't get along here. And then people like Alphonse, Dr. Graves came along. Alphonse, they won't even send him notices on anything, and he's forced them to rethink how they have been doing business in all these places that have drifted further and further and further from what's acceptable. And can you imagine if simply... 100,000 parents in this country would have done a statement of fact and affidavit to their schools and nothing else. What would have been the outcome of this? And these things are not that difficult. Anyhow, I'll throw it back over to you, doctor. Let's jump in to the meat and potatoes. Well, the very fact that someone receives a properly written affidavit and it has all the magic language, the under penalties of perjury language and and the notary sign down there and everything, and it looks very official, just that alone causes these people to sit up and pay attention and say, you know, maybe we hadn't better mess with this person. And uh, so that's to be encouraged. When it doesn't work, when, it be, when people expect that the affidavit requires somebody to respond to it, and Alphonse will tell you the same thing, that just because you send an affidavit, they, they may respond, hopefully they will respond, but they're under no obligation to respond, no matter what anybody wants to argue with me about that, to the contrary. 
It, they just don't. But when you when they are served with a complaint and a summons, and hopefully a couple of discovery requests, such as produce the document that you're relying on, uh, admit that uh, this that and the other thing is is not true, and they have to answer those things. I mean, they this is not an option. You know, the affidavit theoretically they could throw it in the trash. I I would think they'd be stupid to do that. We certainly want to stick it in a file somewhere. But we don't have to answer that. But a complaint and a summons, you have to answer. And if there are discovery requests, they have to be answered. And if there's a process that we teach that you serve somebody, for example, with a request for production of documents. Once you once the lawsuit has begun, or as Sherlock Holmes says, when the game is afoot, uh, you serve them with, say, a request for production of documents, and you want them to produce a contract or an agreement or whatever it is. And they say, well, I, I don't think I'll do that. Well, then there's a process. It's called a motion to compel. So you serve them with a motion to compel. And if the judge grants that motion, then the order that the judge signs orders them to produce. Well, I actually had a fellow do this one time, and, and he thumbed his nose and said, well, I'm not going to do it. And so then the next step is you, you serve a, a motion to show cause why that person shouldn't be held in contempt of court. It's a step. It's not complicated. It really isn't complicated. It's just a step, uh, just like making a stew. Uh, you put certain ingredients in in a certain order. And, and then you say a motion to show cause why they shouldn't be held in con contempt of court. The judge issues an order, and you have that order served on the person. Now they've had two orders ordering them to do this. Now if they thumb their nose, then you go to court with an affidavit that they didn't respond, and the judge issues a bench warrant. I had one judge pick up a phone, called the sheriff, and had this man picked up that afternoon and put in jail. Then I got what I wanted. Everybody hearing my voice, guys, everybody, people that don't hear me, people that don't even know what we're talking about, that need to know, they don't understand they have this power. It's not just a bunch of words. It's not a bunch of paperwork. People that want to thumb their nose at what millions of wonderful people died for can be sent to jail. Now, that's interesting. Why did somebody get sent to jail? They didn't respond to a court order, motion to produce. In most states, you can have them produce a toothbrush if that's important to what you're trying to do. And they say, well, I'm not going to do that. You can't make me do that. Okay, fine. Then I'll file a second second paper. It's called a motion to, to uh, compel. The judge signs the order, ordering them to produce. They thumb their nose. Could be a hospital, could be a corporation. Big fancy corporation thinks it's smarter than God. As they often do. So, and now we have a motion ordering them to produce. They choose not to do so. Then we have a motion to show cause why they shouldn't be held in contempt of court. And then order issues, ordering them to show cause, maybe giving them three days or one. I had one fellow, fellow had three hours. He said, You'd be back here right after lunch or else you're going to jail. And if you thumb your nose at that one, then a bench warrant will be issued. You'll be taken to the, to the jailhouse and you'll be locked behind the bars until you do what the law requires. Why else do you think that we, why do we even have laws if they're not going to be enforced by the people themselves? We, the people, can enforce the laws through this process once we start this process called a legal proceeding that an eighth grader can learn in the weekend. So if everybody only knew this power that they have, 
I don't believe that they taught any of this in law school. I really don't. I went to three years of law school and paid an awful lot of money to get that degree. But I don't remember them teaching us that we had that kind of power, but we do, each and every one of us. And if, if a judge doesn't want to obey the law, well, he can be appealed. And if the appellate court tells him that he should do this and the other thing, you can be sure that he will do it. Theoretically, if one was stupid enough not to obey, then he could be sent to prison too. That's what it's all about. And that's the beauty, I think, of what I call the system, the, the mechanics, not the people. I, don't, I take the people out of that word system because I don't think anybody that any of you wonderful people know knows better than I do how crooked and twisted and, and, and egotistical so many people that are in the system are. But the system itself is a beautiful mechanism. My gosh, it's just terrific. And it gives the people this power to make their world a better place if they will simply do it. If, 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 if tomorrow morning we could snap our fingers and tomorrow morning all those 250 million people knew how to file a lawsuit and get discovery or send people to jail that don't want to answer questions, this world would we'd change overnight, wouldn't it? Well, I should point out another thing that I learned way back when we were doing Alphonse. You pointed out, well, you can submit an affidavit and they can ignore it. But what you didn't add is a thing that Alphonse said. I, I hope they, you know, I'd like them to respond, but if they don't, that's fine too, because that becomes gospel in any courtroom, an unrebutted affidavit. So these processes and methods are being put into place and these documents are being submitted for a reason, for an outcome. Now I can tell you sitting here, seeing emails, I would estimate almost 50% of the time the people who did affidavit statements of fact got a change, um, sometimes a corporate policy change just from that step. But as has been pointed out, people might ignore it and say, who the hell do you think you are? Point is, is that document then becomes very useful later. Um, the, I, I, I don't know how many times, Dr. Graves, people start this process and the people who are doing the wrong are instantly faced with, you know what? this looks like it could get serious. Maybe we better change our activity. But even the small steps that you've just outlined just now, it's not that much effort, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's really simple. You know, I, I, I rebuilt a car engine when I was, when I was 13 years old, I think. My, my daddy gave me an old beat up car with the engine was in parts in the back seat in an oily old cardboard box. And he got a book. It was called a motor's manual. That's what they were called back back then. And uh, it showed me the steps, showed me where the camshaft went, showed me how the connecting rod connected between the pistons and the, and the wrist pin on the piston and the crankshaft. It, you know, and I didn't have to be a rocket scientist. I mean, the people that work on engines say, well, gee, well, he's just a mechanic. Well, no, if he, if he works on an engine, he's a clever guy or, or a farmer's. Uh, or nurses, or people in every walk of life, they're far more clever than I think people in high places give them credit for. And and that's that's the beauty of, of what America is, if we can only get them to understand what power the people have. When you, when you consider all the people out there who right now have just been subdued, and their, their heads are bowed, and they're intimidated and they're afraid and they think that someone else is running the world. 
if I could just get those people, and with your help, we're, we're making some progress, that we could just get more and more of those wonderful people out there to understand you don't have to take it anymore. You really don't. You have power to make a difference if you'll just learn how these processes work. And one more time, an eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. So why shouldn't people learn how to do this? And no matter what it is that they're facing, no matter who is giving them a hard time, whether it's a judge or, or the president of the United States, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm often reminded of when they talked about taking Clinton's deposition years ago. Remember, he said, well, depends on what you mean by whatever it was. The word if is. or is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is. What does is mean? And the lawyers let him get away with it. Well, you don't have to. I didn't play this game that way. It was, to, to me, it was, I'm going to stab you in the throat with a, with a, a stiletto word. You're going to answer the question. You will answer the question, or I will have you sent to jail, Mr. President. And people just don't understand that. You know, I, I hate to bring this up again. I had two friends when I was growing up, Bill Strauss and Dick Strauss. And Bill came home in a box. And Dick came home with no legs. And I took that really seriously long before I was a lawyer, back when I was driving nails for a living. What'd they die for? Did they die so that, so that we can have more corn? Did we can die so we can have um, more movies? I don't think so. I think they died so that people could have this power that I've been trying for 25 years to give them. Power to change your world, power to make America great again. You want to talk about make America great again? Yeah, I know how to make America great again. Make Americans great. Give them the power that they're supposed to have, they should have had from the very beginning that nobody gave them because the lawyers have hidden it. And remember, we talked about uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 11, verse 52. Woe to you, lawyers, for you've hidden the keys of knowledge. That's not right, gentlemen. It's not right. And, you know, there's, there's another thing I would throw in here. I don't have time to chase down everything that gets sent my way. But in this last couple of weeks, I got a barrage of emails claiming that the supposed presidential mandate for, I forget what it was, masks or something to do with the pandemic, uh, was nothing more than a press release. Now, if that's true, and we know they're gaming the system, and we, you know, if they want all these things, why don't they make laws? That's how it works, right? They want something in America, you make a law. Now that becomes enforceable. That's not what's going on here. So when you go back to what Dr. Graves is saying, saying, hey, there's a system using the analogy of an engine. These systems work in a certain way. The mechanic knows how to go into the engine and interact with the system to get an outcome. What Dr. Graves is pointing out is no different, except there's a whole side of this nobody's thinking about. None of this is legal. Show me the damn law. And that's what I was thinking about when you started asking for discovery and other things. Aren't you really saying, where's the authority here? And as you're writing it, you pretty much know there is no authority, right? It's just a system being gamed and a bunch of people not standing up for what they know to be correct. I mean, am I off base here? Not at all. I remember when I actually read the Bible cover to cover one, I was in a storm and at sea <laughs> and I, prom I promised God, I said, get me out of this storm. I'll read your Bible. And so I did. And I remember throughout the Bible, over and over and over, I ran into these three words, by what authority? By what authority? And you apply that to these people that are, quote, authorities, and you say, by what authority? That's what, 
that's why I, I really enjoyed meeting Alphonse. It was really terrific. And he, he's got these people, he's got them tied up. I had a, a clerk, understand if I understand correctly, I'm, I hope I do, that he had a clerk issued an order. Well, clerks can't issue orders. They can't. You're right. He told me about that. No, you're right. And so you say, by what authority? And I like to come back to Bill and Dick and Tom and Susie and, and how many others aren't with us today. I mean, it, this gets serious. My, my heart just, just burns within me when I think about it. They aren't with us today. They gave that last measure. And for what? And I think we need to ask each other that question. For what? Is it just so that we can, we can just so that we can drive our cars down the road? I mean, people drive their cars down the road in India. I have a friend in India. He lives in Bangalore. He, he can drive his car down the road, but it's not the same as here. And people in Iraq or people in, God forbid, in some of the countries in Africa, oh, my gosh. You know, they can drive their car, but watch out. If they step out of line too much, they'll be dragged off somewhere and shot. We, we have a different, beautiful way of life in this nation because of Bill and Dick and Sam and Susie and George. And what did they die for? I kind of believe that if, if they didn't die for anything else, they died for the right of the people to exercise their legal power and to control people in high places through this peaceable means so we don't have to get guns. And we don't have to break into somebody's private shoe store to demonstrate how angry we are with government. That's not right. And yet, that's where we are. That's where we were last year and the year before and even before that. People that are so misinformed and so intimidated that the only thing they know how to do is be violent or send emails out to all their friends as if that's ever going to change anything. It isn't. But if we could get the more and more people to understand you have this power, if these people are going to abuse the law, use these tools that we're teaching, put those people in jail, make them obey the law. Or lock them up. <laughs> because we owe Bill and Dick, we owe them that. We owe George and Harry and Sam didn't make it up the, sh the beach there at Normandy. We owe it to those people. And, you know, don't tell me you're, you know, don't you wave your flag from your pickup truck. You know, that doesn't impress me. But, but stand up for what's right. Stand up for the principles that are supposed to make America great. That'll make America great not changing the stock market or adjusting somehow the, the price index and all those things that people in power are doing, that might help people that are rich, but it isn't helping the guy that rips shingles off a roof in July in Tampa, Florida, and when it's 100 degrees out, it's not helping him when he has to do that for a living or the man that actually works in the sewer. What about those people? They have power that they don't even know they have to make the world a better place because of Bill and Dick. I, I, I just, I play this tiny role. All I do is say, look, this is real. This works. Let's do it. Let's honor these people that gave their lives and sacrificed so much, not just the ones that gave their lives, but the ones, ones that came home with no legs or can't sleep at night because of PTSD. What about them? Let's honor them by making America great again, by forcing these people in high places to obey the law. So I'm going to make an observation here. This is what I noticed from the view that I have of the world currently. The vast majority of people listening, the problems they're going to be contending with, 
could probably, the majority of them, be boiled down to what I would call corporate policy. There's some corporation out there trying to force them to not breathe fresh air, to get a jab in their arm that they don't want. And it's all under the guise of corporate policy. And yet people have rights and yet there's no law. I mean, you, you said it by what authority, well, what is your authority? And they're trying to play this clever game because way back in the day, free speech was tested against a corporation and I guess it was decided something to the effect of uh, the corporation can control what their employees are talking about while they're on the job. And it seems like from that point forward that this kind of gaming the system under the guise of corporate policy is what has created the most unhappiness in the last couple, two, three years in this country. And I'll say it again, there's no law and I can't tell you how many people have found a remedy from a simple affidavit, nothing more. So can you imagine going through the steps that Dr. Graves is laying out here? It actually, I mean, I'll say the words, it's undefensible. That's really what it comes down to, Dr. Graves. If you use the system appropriately, most of these grievances people are faced with right now have no defense on the other side of the fence, do they? Well, if you if you break the law, you know, the laws, you know, people went out west when was that? The 1700s, we're heading west and in the 1800s, and they had a good horse. They had a Colt 45 revolver, or, and they had a Winchester Model 90 lever action rifle, and they had a Bible. And some of them had a copy of a book called Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England, and they settled the West. And we've been led to believe, because we're, we're so dependent on the media for our information, we've been led to believe that the West was settled with a six-gun. Well, that was part of it. Uh, and there were jailhouses. But there were also this book called Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England. And these people that went out there, they believed in that. They believed in a, a, a society that was ruled by laws. That's why Matt Dillon on, on Gunsmoke, one of my favorite programs, you know, he's going to enforce the law. He's a good man. I mean, he's a fictitious character, of course, but in but there were people, there were the Matt Dillons, and uh, they did settle the West, but they didn't settle it by fiat. They didn't sell it, settle it because of a corporation or a big rancher said, this is what we're going to do. By golly, this is my, my land. We're going to do it my way. Uh, no. They said, no, we're going we're gonna to have a nation of laws, and, and those laws are going to rule. And if we need to change the laws, then we will change the laws through a peaceful process, and we will elect representatives to, to get these laws passed. But what happened, in my opinion, is that the people became more and more inoculated by media. First, it was the radio. You could listen to the Brooklyn Dodgers on the radio and figure out what was going on by listening to the announcer. And then we had television. When I was a little boy, we didn't have television. And then television came around. And, and the people have gotten completely away from understanding that this nation is predicated on the, on the idea that the people themselves will run this country according to law and make people obey the law who are breaking the law. And if somebody comes in, comes up into my house and says, well, you're going to have to wear a red hat, 
if you want to go to town, you have to wear a red hat. I was, by what authority? Where did you come from, pal? And, and I won't put up with it. But if it turns out that the legislature passes a law saying that I have to wear a red hat, well, I'll wear one, but then I'll fight it. But I'll fight it not by carrying a sign, not by sending emails. I'll go to court and I'll fight it. And I'll fight it based on, here's the bottom line, I will fight it based on what I believe are fundamental principles of American justice that we are all losing sight of, that the members of the Supreme Courts of the states and of the United States itself are losing sight of, because those fundamental principles of American justice are supposed to guide our nation going forward, and they're being shoved aside for the benefit of the collective and the corporate aegis, as you put it. And, and the only way for that to change is for the people themselves to take control of their courts. And I really believe it's possible. I really do. And just simply rebelling, rebellion's not patriotism. I mean, just, you know, look, people say, well, I'll, I'll rebel against that because I'd be a patriot. I rebel against that. Well, okay. Then they think, well, that was what, that's how this country got here because we rebelled against the king. Well, excuse me. We didn't just rebel against the king. We didn't just take up arms and, and, and go out there and hide behind the trees and, and fight against the redcoats. That's not, that's not all of it. There were men that went to Philadelphia. There were men who picked up pens and wrote words and created laws and gave us a pattern to run this nation that's been thrown aside. By, and we can say, well, those people threw it aside. That's not right. Oh, my, oh, my. Or we can, we can say, I won't put up with it anymore. I have children. I'll have grandchildren. I'm not going to let them inherit this world that's being run by this, this oligarchy of a few people that think that they're going to impose their morality on me and my children. I will go to court and I will be heard and I will call witnesses and I will make a record because Bill and Dick died for me. Let me address that in a way that I think matters to many people listening. If you're being pressured to do a thing by your workplace or by a corporation, like not breathe fresh air or like take a medical procedure you don't want, and we go back to your simple idea of by what authority, doesn't it mean that behind all that, a mandate isn't enough, a corporate policy isn't enough? Doesn't a law have to exist somewhere behind all that? There needs to be a chain of power. Yes, absolutely. So if you say by what authority and they say, oh, there's a mandate or they say, oh, that's our corporate policy. That's really game in the system, isn't it? Well, of course it is. But then we have to go to court to get this thing sorted out. Court is, as Blackstone said, the court is the theater of the power of the people. Using that word theater like we did in World War II, the Pacific Theater and the European Theater. That's where the battle is. It's not at the poll. It's not in the media. It's not, I mean, it can't even be with newspapers. Back when I was a boy, newspapers were owned by local people. We had two, two newspapers in my little small town of 5,000. And they, they had competition between them about what they thought was right and wrong. Today, that's gone. That's, you know, somebody told me, what, 12 corporations own all the media? That's gone. So, but the, 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 the potential this beautiful potential that we still have to, to make America great again the right way is for the people to understand that rebellion alone 
is poppycock. Rebellion alone, don't even, don't even talk to me because you're so proud of you're such a rebel. You're so proud of yourself because you're shooting off your mouth. Put your pen where your mouth is. Go to court. Make these judges sit up and pay attention. Call witnesses. Bring in authorities. Talk about Hadley versus Baxendale and Brown versus Kendall and say, this is what the law is, and I insist that you do it this way. And, and make the world get back on track. Make America get back on track as quickly as possible because we're running out of time. Can we use a real-world example here? The mayor of New Orleans has declared that to go in any public place, this person signed an executive order, that you must have a vaccine card proving that you were vaccinated or a negative COVID test within 72 hours. The businesses, of course, are hurting drastically because of this, because a lot of New Orleans has tourism. What would be a great example of how to say no to that? Well. Sadly, sometimes the example is you get arrested and then bring a civil lawsuit doing exactly what we just said. By what authority? Where is the chain of authority? How did, how did the power of the legislature or the Supreme Court of Louisiana, how did that power trickle down to the mayor to give him that particular power? Now, clearly, the, the mayor may or may not have, have power to, to, to fire the chief of police. I, I don't know if he does, but if he does, then it's somewhere it's written down in a book. It's, it's bound. It's sitting on a shelf somewhere. And we could go pull that shelf down and, and pull the book down off the shelf. We could look at it and we could read it and we could see that there's a chain where the, the power comes down. I mean, you think about, I had a friend, actually, he befriended me, uh, who was a, a four-star Marine Corps general. And his authority passed down to his his, his colonels who passed it down to the majors, who passed it down to the lieutenants and then the sergeants and the corporals. So when the corporal gave an order, that order was backed up by my friend, General Lewis Walt, who was commandant in Vietnam in the Marine Corps. The corporal had the power because it went up the chain of command. Well, ask your mayor, where's the chain of command? Did you just pull this out of your ear? Where is it? By what authority? I think the answer is she signed an executive order. What does that mean? Well, where does that power come from? Where did she get that power? No law. There's no law behind it, I guess, is what's being pointed out, right? That's what I'm saying. But the way to find out about that is you go to court or you can march in the street and see how much good that does. you. It won't do any good. But if we go to court and we say, no, he doesn't have that authority. Nobody gave him that authority. And it can't be passed on by, by word of mouth. It just can't. It has, to, it has to be written down somewhere in ink. I've often said, let's, 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 get, let's use more of that black liquid instead of that red liquid that we're, that we're spilling far too much of. Let's spill some black liquid and, and let's carry it into the courthouse and make these people sit up and pay attention. We're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to be pushed around just because you went to law school and you got a black robe. No, you're not going there. All right, guys, we're coming up on the end of hour one. And I'll point out as I'm closing up this first hour in the Bible, when it says by what authority, yeah, you got to have the ink, but that ink needs to rest on a foundation that can be legitimately shown. Look, as an example, if you want an idea of how important it is to be able to answer the question by what authority, go look at how the Vatican claims its authority. You will see gymnastics like you have never seen before to 
settle the foundation that they knew was going to be a problem. And I'm with Jason all day long. I suspect that this is why they, I think once again, they, they covered, they closed the second circuit court or something like that. Why they violated due process is because people were trying to get into the courts to do certain things. Not enough, certainly, but that's going to bring our one to a close. I'll say it again at the end. Dr. Graves offers a course. I didn't get a single email last time we did this and many, many people signed up for it, except saying this was so worth it. I learned so much. Then those people, having learned from Dr. Graves' course, started to go over to the Alphonse groups and interact with other people. And it's becoming a force to be reckoned with. Alphonse alone, as a man, is known to every border of his state. And we know it for a fact. We know it for a fact because of the way things just played out and how we learned that they were scared to death of Alphonse. That brings hour one of episode 364 to a close. The top comment in this episode will be linking to Dr. Graves' course. And again, if we didn't know it worked, we wouldn't link to it. It's that simple. Uh, Jason, anything you want to get in? Well, I like that we keep using Alphonse as the example because indeed, as it trickled back to us, there are people in the uh, legislatures and courts and all that who are now afraid of Alphonse because every time they try and enforce something on him that is, well, not cool, he fights back. I call him the bulldog because not only is he going to fight back, he's going to grab on and not let go. We know from a third party that they used their illegal mask mandate and the pandemic to stop due process that they shut down a courtroom because he was coming in maybe more than once. But anyhow, we're going to come back an hour two with Dr. Graves and get further into knowing something about your rights, knowing something about the processes which still exist in this country where you can deal with what's being done here. And Jason and I started this whole legal thing on a way different tack than we are now. Where we've arrived is a hell of a lot of people telling us the system exists. If you know how to use it, you can get results. And that was what the system was intended to do. Uh, if you want to go follow a guy who owns the post office by his own claim, <laughs> that's on you. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just so everyone understands this patriot mythology of all these sneaky things to do. I can't tell you how many emails I know from people getting in trouble by going into a system with these outlandish methods, which are not part of the system or the structure put in place for average men and women to come in and use the legal system. And I'll stand firm, at least 50% of what I have heard, remedy has come from simple statements of fact and affidavit. But you damn well, be, if you do this, you better be ready to go the distance. And that's why we have Dr. Graves here. Join us at crow777radio.com, C-R-R-O-W-777 radio.com for hour two, where we're going to open up. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.